Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in our essential series for a follower of Christ. We'll look at the true cost of discipleship. If you have your Bible ready, we'll be in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. If you would like to get any of the other teachings from this series, you can go to calvarydivine.org. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. In Luke chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Blessed are you when men hate you. And when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man, man's sake, blessed are you. Now some of you may be here and this is the first time you're hearing the scripture and you go, wait a minute, you're telling me I'm supposed to put aside mom, I'm supposed to put aside my wife, I'm supposed to put aside my kids for Christ. Yes, because you know who says this? This is Jesus. These are the red letters. This comes from the Messiah. This comes from the Savior. And, and it's an understanding like you're, you're going to suffer persecution. You're going to go through hardship. But he's saying, look, if you place me first, I will help you through it. I will carry you through it. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, it doesn't say some who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but all. All. And, and, and when you read that, you're like, man, come on. Like, to do the work of the Lord, man, it is a blessing. There is joy in it. It is fun. I love it. I, man, I tell you what, I'm not the perfect father. I make mistakes, but man, God's got me. I'm not the perfect husband. I stick my foot in my mouth just like anybody else in this room. Okay? But God's got me. God loves me. God lets me know the Holy Spirit hits my heart. I shouldn't have said that one. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's like we're going to go through trials and tribulations and suffering regardless if you walk with God or not. And I can tell you, I've been on the other side of that. I've been on the other side of it. I, I walked a life for 39 years of not walking with Christ. And I've been, I'm telling you, even in combat, searching and watching men who didn't have God start drinking. I mean, still dealing with stuff to this day. Because they haven't turned that over to the Lord. Now I look at my life, I'm like, man, God has made me a new creation in Christ. And, and I want to walk with God. And there's going to be some suffering, but God's going to get me through it. My relationship with God needs to be number one in my life. I don't want to go back to the old way of, of, of the old Mike. I see what it does to my marriage, to my kids. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, it says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, 
but also to suffer for his sake. And then we see in Acts chapter 20, verses 24, this is the Apostle Paul. And I love this. It says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul is saying, look, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was bit by a viper, a snake. And Paul is like, man, it's all joy because I got to do the Lord's work. And there's joy in it. It's such a fulfillment when you disciple somebody to see them catch it and start walking with God. And they start growing like a weed. Man, they're just... And you know in Texas we grow weeds, weeds better than we do grass, right? Some things shoot up pretty fast. But it's awesome when you get to be a part of that and you see somebody just, man, they're just on fire for God. And there's, there's a joy in there to do that. And it's worth every bit of the, the, the 2 a.m. calls like, hey, man, I, I, I'm drunk, bro. Can you come pick me up? <laughs> let's get you some coffee and let's talk. You know, you just point them back to Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31, Paul says this, I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. I die daily. 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I'd probably highlight that in your Bible because that's something that you need to remember. Because if you're going to place Christ first above everything else, you're going to have to die daily. And what I mean by this, because I, it can get a little morbid. People will think, man, it's kind of weird. But here's the deal. Think about it this way. When we, when we think about a dead person, are they concerned about what clothes they got on today? Nope. Right? Man, I got a son, dude. He, he, he loves, Mike, Mike knows. He messes with his hair. And I keep telling him by 30, it's going to all be gone. Better enjoy it now. But a dead man don't care about that stuff, right? Don't care if he's got on the brand new Kanye's or whatever they are, the Jeezy's or whatever, the $1,000 shoes that they are. It's like dead people don't care about that. Dead people don't get caught up with money problems and financial issues because they don't mind. They're not worried about that stuff. Dead people don't get concerned about who's talking about them on social networks. They could care less. Dead people don't care if I get the promotion or not because when you're dead, you're ultimately dead. And what God is saying, if you die daily, you're ultimately surrendering your life to me, your mind. I bought you at a price. What was the price? The cross. And the worst thing in the world is for somebody to go up and say the prayer, which you don't This is That's a whole other thing. We don't need the prayer. You need to believe in your heart in Christ and you ask for forgiveness of your sins. And that's it. And you say, Lord, I, I, I believe in your son. Fill me. Help me. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. It's that simple. And we got so wrapped up in this sinner's prayer. Let's come up and let's say the sinner's prayer. It's in, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. But what I can't stand is for somebody to say the sinner's prayer and they don't die daily. And yet they sit in church for years, years, and there's no growth, none. It's like, why are you attending church then? You could be at home. The game comes on early because this is not really well helping you. You're just here. 
because this was something you did when you were a kid. For me, I look at it and I say, man, if I'm going to die daily and I'm going to be a disciple of Christ, it's like I want to seek first the kingdom of God every morning. Lord, I want to, like, what is your will for my life today? And we see in verse 28, as we look at the disciple must forsake all, it says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, The man began to build and what was not able to finish. What he's telling you to do is he's, he's, he's saying, Look, if for discipleship, your foundation is a is important your foundation is important meaning that your foundation is everything your foundation is built on Christ it should be built with the best wood not fake wood because fake wood y'all know how that is that stuff is compressed and it gets wet or if it, it starts bending it breaks it's no good he's like a like the best materials you're gonna count the cost of what it is to build it and especially today you're gonna count the cost even more because it costs so much to build something we have a church up in, uh, in Austin, Texas, in Pflugerville. They had to get rid of a whole two rooms because when they did the estimate, it was prior to the election, before the cost of steel, before the cost of the materials. When they had to start putting it together, they were like, you're going to either have to invest this much more money to get those two rooms or we're going to we're gonna have to make some adjustments. And so they lost but they had counted the cost. They had looked at the price. They had looked to see what it was going to take to build that church. It tells us in Luke chapter 6, verse 48, it says, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock, but he who has heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on earth without a foundation against which the, the, the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Man, when, you're, when your house as a family, as a marriage, is not built on this foundation, it breaks. The water hits it, and the dam bursts. The family's destroyed. That's why it's important. I, I mean, I, I, I'll let people know. Like, if your marriage, your family is not on point, I don't. I, I would prefer you not serve, because I want your marriage. <laughs> That's your first. Like, like, do you understand? Like, as as mom and dad, like God has given you and blessed you with those kids, and you're supposed to disciple those kids. And if you can't do it with those kids, how are you going to do it with anybody else? He's like, how do you set the foundation with them? And if you can't do it within your marriage, he's like, you. This is like, what are you building your marriage on? What are you building your family on? Not the culture, not the world. A <clears throat> little bit of water hits it and boom, it's over. And you're like, you're trying to pick up the pieces. And that's why he's saying you need to look at the cost of it. In Luke 14, 31, it says, Or what king going to make work against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able, to, able with 10,000 to meet him or come against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all, all that he has cannot be my disciple. 
Now he's telling you, look, he, you have to look at the numbers. He's like, if you look at it, you've got 10,000 people going up against 20,000. And guess what? That's how it's always going to be. The enemy's always going to come at you with more. The world's always going to come at you with more. The culture's always going to come at you with more because you are a follower of Christ. Because you are walking with God. And it's going to seem like everywhere you go, you're catching it. And he's saying, look, you need to count the cost. Because when you go up against 20,000, it's only 10,000 of you. Now, this is very easy for me to understand and probably court as well because we trained in the... Did you train in the National Training Center? Anybody else in the military? If you train in the National Training Center in the desert, 10 tanks to one. 10 Russian tanks to one American tank. And that's how we fought to prepare us for what? War. And, and what, what God is saying here, he's like, look, I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand, like, you're on the battlefield... And, and you, you haven't counted the cost. And, and it's, it's a reminder to us, it's like the enemy's always going to come after us. He comes to do what? Still, kill, destroy. And guess what? If you're not going to disciple your kids, if you're not going to be the, the husband that you've been called to be, then guess who will gladly disciple your wife? And guess who will gladly disciple your kids? The devil. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Like you don't want to you don't want to lay the foundation? The devil will. He will come after them with everything. Now you may go, well, that's just you preaching, Pastor. That's just you. I, I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm coming from the other side of this. I didn't walk with God. I didn't know God in our family. Like when I grew up with my grandparents, my grandparents never talked about God. Ever. I never remember my grandmama and granddaddy ever saying anything about God my whole life. Never went to church. And sadly, I know where they may be. I'm praying that there was a deathbed confession. And all of us petites were given up to the devil. I'll go down the list. My Uncle Louie, heroin overdose. My father, alcoholic, for all the way till I was, what, 18? My whole childhood, my father was an alcoholic. Jimmy, drugs his whole life died at 50 something because of the drugs and then you go down my Aunt Marie suffered for you know she didn't have an addiction of alcohol she had an addiction of food because you know why my grandparents didn't lay the foundation and it affects the next generation I had two brothers that struggled with alcohol addiction one ended up in jail over it the reality of it is is if you don't want to raise your kids the devil will the culture will. And, and it, it, you know, it, you, you need to pay attention because you, you think, Teresa had showed me something yesterday. The, the Supreme Court in um, New York, they just put up a brand new uh, statue that has the, the picture of Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the face, but it is in the the way the statue is built is the way that they built the statues for Molech, who did what? They actually sacrificed babies to. And that is being put at the Supreme Court in New York. And you don't think the devil's working in your culture? Oh, he's coming after y'all. And he's like, what we do is we know that the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. But we have to, we have to teach our kids and set the foundation and let them understand what the cost is. 
If, if the cost is he'll, he'll, he'll uh, the only thing he wants to do to you is still kill and destroy, that's the cost. What, is, what does Jesus say? I want to do what? Give you a life and a life abundantly. When I look at those two, like I never knew that growing up. I was like, well, you know, realistically a kid could decide that. Do you want an abundant life or do you want to, you want to have somebody who wants to still kill and destroy you? I think I'm going to go with the abundant life, right? Verse 32, it says, Or else, while the others are still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. So in that parable, in the parable of the tower, he's actually saying, sit down and see if you can afford to follow me. And then the one for the, uh, for the army with the king, he's telling you, sit down and see if you can afford to refuse my demands. It's very easy for me to understand this as I see this as Jesus is the commander-in-chief. That's who I follow. That's where I take my orders. I can get that because I'm prior military. It's easy for me to understand that. Right? It may be a little harder for you to wrap your head around, but if we're in the army of God, Jesus is in charge. Right? But we have to understand, like, even today, like, there, there's a place, you know, that's probably the size of Tennessee. Tennessee has six million people. A lot of trees. Probably has more trees than people, right? A lot of trees. But there's a place called Bihar, India. 0.0001% are Christians. There are 10 million people who live in Bihar, India. 0.0001% are the amount of Christians in Bihar, India. If we understand what the cost is, we understand that 4,995 people in Bihar, India will go to hell today. Because they never knew God. They never got the gospel. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's like, if I commanded you to share the gospel, I've commanded you to go and make disciples. But first you have to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. They're like, those are the essentials. And this is what the cost is going to be. Because the reality of it is, is people are dying. And they're going to hell because they were never given the opportunity. Nobody ever shared the gospel with them. Most of us never even thought about that with India. I know I didn't until I put this study together. I was like, my Lord, how many people are divine that are walking that doesn't know Jesus? How many people are in Moore, in Bigfoot, in Natalia, in Lytle? How many people are sitting in churches this morning and don't really have a relationship with God, but yet they're sitting in church. He's like, look, everything that I'm telling you, everything that I'm showing you, this is what's important. Because see what happens is when we, we're not focused on what God has called us to do, when we're not doing what discipleship is and what, what a disciple of Christ should be doing, what happens is, is when you give the, the, the altar call and people come up and they say the prayer and they do all of that, what you're focused on then is just... The wedding and not the marriage because that's what the church is doing we're happy that they come up and say the prayer but we're not focused on the marriage that's what discipleship is like it's the rest of your life here's another way of looking at it you have your quinceanera and I know I didn't say that good I'm sorry it never comes out right it's, it's, I apologize my wife will correct me later um, but you focus everything, all that you have, into that party. 
but you forget about the rest of the life that that young girl's going to live. That's what's happening. Because we're so focused on just this one moment in time and not the rest of the life. And discipleship, sanctification is the rest of the life. I'll finish with this as we close up in, in verse 33. It says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my <coughs> disciple. I read this this week and I loved it. It says, Why is it so many people want the rainbow, but they don't want to build the ark? Why is it so many people want the rainbow, but they don't want to load the animals up? Why is it so many people want the rainbow, but they don't want to go through the storm? We have to pick up our cross and follow Him. And He tells us, you need to count the cost. You need to forsake all. And he tells that to the rich young ruler who had great possessions, who couldn't let go of everything. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 20 and 21 and 22, Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, so for great, uh, for he had great possessions. And you see the difference in Peter. Peter, you know, because he's saying, look, your possessions can't have a hold of you. I have to come over all that stuff. But Peter, you see the difference in Luke chapter 5, verses 5 through 8, and we'll finish here. It says, but Simon answered and he said, Master, we have toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the boat, in the other boat, to come over and help them. And they came and filled both boats, both the boats, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, "Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." And you go down a little bit further in verse nine. It says, For he, he and all who were with him were astonished at the, the catch of the fish and they had taken, and also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsaked all and followed him. The young man that was a rich young ruler couldn't leave his possessions, and what did they do? They left it all. They left the nets, the boats, they left their business, they left their family, and they followed Christ. And you see the difference. There's that wonderful song that, that has just a, a great point, which is the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Though now go with me, still I will follow, no turning back, no turning back. Ever said that's enough? I tell you what, that's where we'll close out and we'll pray. It's a question for you. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to discipleship is, is first your relationship with God. First your relationship with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then you're able to love people. Right? Can't do that without the other. And so we went over these essentials. They, they were, for some of us who have been walking with the Lord, it's just a moment of time to where we can go, you know what? Maybe I need to start praying again. I haven't been praying like I used to pray. Or maybe you never prayed and you're going, I want to start praying. I want to write down my prayers. I want to actually highlight the ones that God has answered. Like I want to see God move. And that's what you're doing. Or you're learning, hey, I, I got away from reading the Word of God. I got away from listening to the Word of God. I need to get back to it. 
Those are essentials. Because how do you grow? How do you hear from God through His Word? I want to speak to my wife the way I need to speak to her, in a way that has salt and grace. How am I going to do that? It, it, again, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm working on my relationship with Christ and I'm putting Christ first, God will help me with that. And then again, sharing the gospel. We talked about that Wednesday night. And then today we're talking about discipleship. If you're a disciple of God, you need to understand, like He's telling you to leave it all and follow Him. All that stuff that you keep reaching back for that's not godly, you need to let it go. Remember we talked about Lazarus as he comes out and he tells them to take off the, the, the bandages? Stop trying to put the grave clothes back on you. Let go of that stuff. Let God, you're a new creation in Christ. Let Him do the work, okay? Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and I would say um, make that donation to them I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day God bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org God bless you